This episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in New Westminster run and owned by engineer Anthony Santorini. Anthony has worked with award-winning acts in all genres, and he's known for his professional approach to making great records at affordable prices. Make your 2023 memorable with your next production, recording, or mixing project. Go to 12thstreet.ca to learn more. That's 12thst.ca to learn more. Thanks to Anthony at 12th Street for sponsoring the show. I honestly sometimes get starstruck when I'm playing with her on stage. I'm just like watching her and I think I've teared up a few times being on stage while she's singing Be Your Amuse. She's, I'm a big girl fan. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this week's episode, we are speaking with vocalist and guitarist Lindsay Schoberg of Babe Corner. Babe Corner are a Vancouver indie dream pop supergroup featuring members of Blue Jay, Club Sofa, Doohickey Cubicle, and Haley Blay. Their debut full-length album, Cry Baby, is set for release spring 2023. Before we get to our conversation with Lindsay, let's listen to a single off of the record. This is Bianca. Lindsay, thank you so much for uh, being able to come on the on the show yeah, this week. Thank you. I'm always looking for new stuff to to listen to, so I'm mm-hmm. curious, what are you currently listening to right now? Yeah, recently I've been listening to so much Wise Blood. I feel like she is my number one artist right now. Love her stuff. She's coming March 21st too. I think that uh, show's sold out too. It is, yeah. and I'm trying so hard to figure out how to get tickets. Um, love her stuff. Um, Cherry Glazer is someone I really love and I'm super inspired by. Um, I've been listening to Molly Drake so much. I don't know if you know Molly Drake. She's related to Nick. I'd be she really is. interested. She is? She is. No way. Nick's mom. Oh, what? Yeah. I didn't know his, his mom made music. Yeah. It's so, it's such a special group of recordings because um, she recorded them. I think her husband recorded them at home which I think a lot of Nick's recordings are at home as well, or at least some of them from like 1950, 1960s. And they're like these group of songs that are her on piano pretty much, uh, very chill and they're kind of like poetic songs and she never really cared to release them. Um, But then I think she passed away like 20 years after Mm -hmm. Nick and I think her songs got popular after she had passed away as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, I I have to dive into that because Nick is yeah. one of my one of my I think I even mentioned it in the mo- in the most recent episode that Nick is like one of my one of your absolute top? favorite artists ever. Really? So. I haven't really listened to much of his stuff. He which only, I feel like only I put need out to. three albums, so it's not too much three of a albums? commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can get into Sadly, that. only three albums. Yeah, it would be yeah. interesting to see like the difference between or like how they've been inspired by his mom's music, maybe? Yeah. I wonder. It's kind of like a Tim Buckley, Jeff Buckley sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, her stuff is amazing. Like one of my 
top favorite songs in the world is Happiness by Molly Drake. Ooh, okay. So you'll yeah, have to look that up. I have up. to dive into that. Yeah, it's really, really special stuff. I will say I quite enjoyed the, I thought Titanic was better, but I thought the new Wise Blood album was quite good too. Yeah. I thought that Titanic song. Titanic Rising uh, is yeah, Titanic so Rising. good. And that was during the, was that a pandemic album? I think it came Pretty out like sure. just before. Yeah. Maybe 2019. And it's all about like <laughs> the this kind of like existential crisis yeah. album and it's it was perfect timing you know to like yeah what's the main song we're all gonna change and or a lot's gonna change in this lifetime but yeah it was it was good it's nice to kind of sit in this like uh very emotional music while you're going through something like mm-hmm. that that kind of Helps you feel heard or seen. Did you have a have a go to album when you were feeling especially down during the pandemic? That one. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that one is the main one. Really, I listen to it way too much. I think mine was "So" by Peter Gabriel. Oh, I don't know that album. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's from the from the eighties. Peter Gabriel used to be in Genesis. Oh, okay. But yeah, there's some uh, Sledgehammer's the key song off that. that nice. I recommend. Awesome. Yeah. I'll give it a listen. It's uh, 80s pop, but like good 80s pop. Yeah. Nice. Did yeah. it kind of have that similar theme? Yeah. There's, there's some melancholic stuff on there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So good. There's some good, happy, sad stuff. Yeah. So, of course, you're one of the leading members of mm-hmm. Vapor, which is why we have you on the show today. Yeah. And the group consists of members from a variety of Vancouver bands, mm-hmm. uh, which leads me to ask, how did this group come together and was it all the record company's idea? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, they, oh man, it's, it really came out, came together so sporadically. Um, like at least the start of the band was really pushed by my partner, Chris. Um, when I started dating him, started writing music and kind of like sharing the songs while he was on tour, kind of these demos and sending them his way in a way to kind of connect with him. And then he just, yeah, really pushed me to start this band and actually bought me um, a recording session with Harley Small to record my first song and did that at the Space Studios. Um, And then after that, just slowly picked people out of the Vancouver music scene that I thought were cool and wanted them to be in my band. Um, And Allie was kind of one of the first members and she had just started Doohickey Cubicle with her partner, which was Booty EP back then. And found her on like a Facebook group. And then Haley had come to one of our shows and saw that we didn't have a bass player and literally went along and McQuaid that day, like the next day, rented a bass and learned alone at the party and sent me a video of her playing to alone at the party and was like, can I be in the band? I'm like, you're in for sure. So she learned bass to join Babe Corner. Um, and then... Jess, I saw her play with Club Sofa at a festival called Ponderosa and pretty much just asked her to be in the band because she's such an incredible drummer. And yeah, Lily is our newest member officially. And we found her at SAE Institute, Recording Institute in North Vancouver. Uh, she was helping record some demos for us in during a class one time. And yeah, she, our friend Ben kind of set her up in the group. And yeah, we now have like a very solid crew which is nice and chris is kind of like our secret my partner chris is uh kind of our secret member that helps co-write some songs and 
I've seen yeah. him uh, play with you guys a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He very famously felt... from Pete from Peach Pit, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Very famously from Peach Pit. That, yeah, that iconic turtleneck. Yes. Yeah. yeah I well, he's miss not wearing it. the. Is he still wearing the no. rock and the turtleneck? No, I guess he's no, moved away from that. No, they dropped those. Honestly, those out- outfits were so smelly. Like they got <laughs> to the point, like. He only had that one turtle. Oh no. We couldn't find another one. I would search every thrift store and we couldn't find the right color. It was so weird. It was like the Stanford orange turtleneck. And so they just like sweat through them and got to the point where even when they cleaned it, they just like kept smelling. So it's like an old they're like, towel. We got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they just had this like brand identity. So they're like, we need to move on from these. <laughs> Which I always thought was brilliant because it's like, oh, now you have a new look for the new Helms. Yeah, exactly. It's like when Slipknot modify their masks a bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. They were so, well, they weren't worried, but I was worried. I'm like, what are the fans going to think? This is going to be huge. <laughs> like a brand change is scary. Yeah. But nobody seemed to care at all. <laughs> Should be the music at the end of the day. Not yeah. The work, and at the end no. of the day, luckily it was. Yeah. So. Everyone in Babe Corner is a, a gifted singer, especially Haley, mm-hmm. uh, and the band frequently employs four-part harmonies. Yeah. I guess you kind of answered it, but I'm curious as to how the you as a group decided that you'd take the position as lead vocalist, considering yeah. like anyone really could. Oh, totally. Yeah, I guess um, I started the project, so they were kind of my songs that um, that came to be, and... Yeah, I was just, I kind of wrote the songs with the intention of having four-part harmony and like having these really soothing vocals with really gnarly guitars. And yeah, I was just so grateful to have all these incredible singers. And um, Lily is also a really good singer and Jess is also a really good singer, which we actually found out in the studio. Um, She was helping us she's the most versed at theory and so she was helping us write a bunch of harmonies in the studio and would like tell us what to sing and she actually sang on the album too which i think is her first time ever singing on anything so that was really exciting but yeah yeah it's uh i feel very grateful to have incredible singers in the band and and so much support as well yeah something i noticed going through some of the band's promotional material. Uh, listeners yeah. may be familiar with hardcore, mumblecore, and cottagecore. Oh. Though your band has coined the term babecore to yeah. describe your sound. What is babecore? <laughs> babecore is a little bit, like I said, beautiful melodic harmonies and paired with kind of rugged guitar. <laughs> I don't know. I really love... Um, there to be a lot of like delicate songs on the album and a lot of delicate moments. Um, and then also some screaming and maybe not screaming, more yelling and like more intense moments uh, sonically. So Babecore was just kind of, it made sense. <laughs> Who would you say are some of your inspirations as a vocalist and as a guitarist? Yeah, um, I would say Mazzy Star for sure. Uh, I love her vocals. I think she made me feel better about my type of singing because I have a very soft voice and I don't often consider myself as a lead singer. And I kind of like to, at least in the first EP, I find that my vocals kind of hid in reverb. And um, I think on this album, I tried a lot more to be more intimate and have my vocals more clear. 
And yeah, Mazzy Star, it just kind of has these like really sleepy vocals, but they're very upfront and mm -hmm. I really love that sound. So super inspired by uh, their band, as well as having some like gnarly guitars as well. Um, their album, they have an album called She Hangs Brightly and they have some really kind of chaotic parts of that album, which are fun. Is that one with Fade Into You on it? Everyone yeah, knows that yeah, one. That's yeah. the big Mazzy Star song. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, because it's obviously pretty common with like pop for there to be belters. Mm -hmm. but Yeah, for sure. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah. I just have a soft voice. But there's a couple songs on the album where all of us kind of wail and we do this group thing and Chris is singing in the in the studio. We have everyone crowded around mics and we're all kind of belting the certain parts. And yeah, I just love that in a chorus, like a really like an anthem chorus where everyone's yelling. So there's a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of, well, it's not on the most recent one, but like Cigarette yeah. uh, off of the EP is a yeah, good example of that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. With at least uh, three established songwriters in the group, how does the band navigate the writing process from demoing all the way to recording? Yeah. And it's great having so many people, but I imagine that can be a little chaotic as well. Yeah, well, the thing is, Everyone in the band has their own projects, and so often they're kind of focusing on their own. And me and Chris kind of take the reins in writing this out and writing our songs. And so most of this album was written at home during the pandemic in our back jam space. And I would write part of the song, and then I would leave our jam space, and Chris would go in and kind of add something to it, and go out of the room, and I would come back in and add something to it, and it was kind of like a co-writing co uh, process in that way. And then we'd send the, so the demos to the girls and Allie would add her keyboard parts, which would really transform some of the songs. And uh, in the studio, I feel like is where the collaborative magic really happens with Babe Corner. I feel like we're all very vocal about different, uh, different like, um, adding different things to different songs <laughs> and yeah it I feel like it's been really fun in the studio to go through each song and kind of everyone add their little spark of things has there been instances where um what could have been a Haley or doohickey cubicle song became a babe corner song um not yeah well Ali has sent us um yeah, one of my favorite ways to write is actually to have somebody write like a musical part of the song and then send it to me and I'll try to like think of some vocals to add onto it and build that way. So a new song on the album called Bone Dry Dunes was started that way. Ali pretty much wrote the song and added this like real or had this really cool chorus keyboard part that kind of shaped the song. And then Chris came onto it and added this like crazy Western guitar that completely transformed the song again. So they often have like very different forms throughout the demoing process based on how, um, based on other people's talents and how they kind of view the song. So that's been a really cool thing, uh, seeing the songs change like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious as to whether there's like uh, anything that um, like Haley or. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, brought to the table specifically like, oh, I'm thinking of this for yeah, my project. Yeah. Well, there's a song on the album that actually I wrote about 
a situation that Haley was in mm. <laughs> and I was really stuck on the second verse and so I sent it to her and was like, can you think of anything for this? And she actually wrote the main vocal line for that and I just asked her to sing it because it sounded so good with her vocals. So she does kind of a lead part in that song, which is super fun. And yeah. I, I definitely heard it when I was listening to the nice. advanced listen to the record, but what song yeah. was that uh, It's called Caught on the Double. Okay, Caught on the Double, yeah. Yeah. Taylor, I can tell. Yeah, totally. Listening her, to her pure angelic yes. vocals. <laughs> yes. One of the best singers I know, for what's, sure. What's the song off her most recent album, like Firestarter or something like yeah, that? that? Yeah, that was on, yeah, the last album. Just like that one part. I'm pointing up at the ceiling where yeah. it just soars. Yes, it's incredible. And seeing her do that live, too, is even better than the recording. I don't know if you've seen her performance. Yeah, I on. saw uh, Haley close out um, Catalana last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I was playing that show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on yeah, stage. yeah. Yeah, she, she actually um, used to sing an opera and that like tour sense. around. And so sometimes she'll just like drop this opera lick <laughs> in soundcheck and we're all just like blown away. <laughs> we're like, how do you do that? It's so... It's like nice. guitar shredding, but your vocals. Yeah, it's just such an instrument. And yeah, it's really incredible. I, I honestly sometimes get starstruck when I'm playing with her on stage. I'm just like watching her. And I think I've teared up a few times being on stage while she's singing Be Your Own Muse. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm such a dork. <laughs> she's, I'm a big girl fan. Your uh, upcoming debut record, Crybaby, which we've referenced, referenced a little bit, uh, was recorded at Afterlife Studios and produced by your mm-hmm. Blue Jay bandmate, Justice McClellan. Yeah. How did the recording process compare between the Killer EP, the previous mm-hmm. release, and this <clears throat> release? Yeah, very, very different. Um, the Killer EP was recorded at Tugboat Studios in Burnaby um, with this guy named Tyler and at the time the band was we didn't really have a we didn't have a drummer I think I just talked to Jess about being in the band and so I was living with uh, Mikey uh, from Peach Pit as well and Chris we were living together and like the week before we went into the studio we asked him to drum on these songs and so he we didn't even have one practice with Mikey and we went in and he drummed on the entire EP and it was absolutely incredible. He just did like two passes of each song and we were done. Like he's just that good. So he was doing that. Chris was playing bass um, because Haley had just joined as well and was just learning bass. And so Chris had known all the bass parts and then had all the girls and Allie did all her keyboard parts and girls came in and did vocals. So it was a very different process at the time because it was mainly me, Allie, Mikey and Chris. Um, And then this album was kind of like the first time the whole band has been in the studio and it was cool because Lily actually before she was officially in the band last year had written a part of a song and had sent it to me and it became They Don't Love You which is our recent uh, song that we released and the first half of it was pretty much written by Lily so it was really cool to have her. She came in and played guitar on the album as well. So the whole band's in it. It kind of makes sense with that song specifically because there's yeah. like two. There's at least two distinct parts. Yes. To it. Yeah. They're very different songs. Yeah. <laughs> that we banged our heads against the wall trying to 
sew that song together. Yeah. It took us so long. <laughs> but yeah, I think it it turned out well. And that was another song that had like everyone involved and added such cool parts to the song and had really cool ideas. So that was a really collaborative song. What is the one song off of Cry Baby that means the most to you? Probably Cry Baby. <laughs> um, it is a song that is written about my loss. I lost my mom about seven years ago. And that song is kind of reflecting on past relationships that I had. And now my relationship with my partner, Chris, my husband, and kind of the frustration that in losing my mom, he never got to meet her. I met him like a year after she had passed away. And so, yeah, just kind of reflecting on how unfair it felt that my previous life was never known by him and how that grief is kind of come across in this like emotional crybaby way, <laughs> which is something that I feel like I've come to own in my own life, just processing the grief in that way. A lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's why I kind of ended up naming it Crybaby too, is because I feel like all the songs sort of have this, well, not all of them, but most of them have this mess, something to do with my grief for how it's affected certain people or myself or my friends' relationships. And yeah, just kind of owning that word in my own life. I guess this ties into my next question, although I don't want to mm. dwell on this too much. Yeah. But uh, the, the Killer EP dropped in early 2020 with your release show only a couple weeks before yeah. quarantine measures came into effect. Totally. Um, what yeah. was the band's experience like working on Crybaby yeah. during the thick of the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm so grateful we got to play our EP release. It was on February 27th, right before the pandemic. So for a lot of people, it was their last show, which is kind of fun to for that to be the memory for so many people. Um, but yeah, I honestly had a really tough time writing this album during the pandemic. Cause I feel like I was, I think a lot of musicians I had talked to as well lacked inspiration and not much was happening in our lives. Lots of things were very mundane and yeah, definitely struggled with writing it. Um, but we wrote, we had six songs that we, had recorded in 2021 at Afterlife. And then a year later, we came back 2022 and finished the album, wrote the last three songs. And I think the last three songs were the hardest because you already had these fully formed six songs that we were thinking of turning into an EP and then ended up writing more pretty much to finish an album, which I think is the hardest thing because you kind of have this idea of all these songs meshing together really nicely and you're trying to fit them into that so I think they're the weirdest songs on the album because they are a little more obscure but yeah I think it all works together really well that might tie in nicely to something that I actually noticed because I listened to the album a couple times Aww, uh, and there's definitely some different styles at, at play yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the uh, lead track takedown um, it sounds like an opener for an 80s rock album just with yeah. the lead guitars on it uh, caught on the double which is probably my favorite on the on the album has like a 70s swagger to it while bianca sounds very disco influenced to me um how did crafting this release open up opportunities for the band to explore new sounds yeah um there's yeah there's such different sounds on the album i think i was a bit worried about that at first honestly having such different sounds um and different types of songs but i think 
I think we just decided not to care. And we're like, you know what? Let's just, it's going to sound like Babe Corner in the end because it's us writing and releasing these and recording these songs. So let's just have fun with it. We wrote that disco track and we had Bone Dry Dunes also has the, like I said before, this like westerny guitar and it's kind of like this um, like galloping song. And yeah, the rock anthem caught on the double. I don't know. I think I think I while writing them, I was like, I want to write a song like this and then would try to write a song like that. And it was a fun way to explore different sounds and not be too tied up on trying to create a certain vibe. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. I think Chris is such an inspiration for a lot of those changes in the songs, too. Like I would have a pretty. uh pretty put together song and Chris would come in and add like that disco-y chorus and Bianca and that disco-y guitar part and it kind of transforms the song so I think that's kind of his magic touch and Babe Corner is taking a song and just being like well we can push it in this direction and let's just see what happens and I think yeah it's it's made some pretty interesting moves <laughs> for some songs. Yeah, I was I was curious as to how much of Chris's playing was on the record as well. Yeah, yeah, he he plays on every song. Yeah, um, we kind of switch between playing different lead parts that we write, so it's very uh, it's very diverse in who plays what. I think I, I imagine you probably feel the same way that uh, so long as you still sound like the same band, you can yeah. pretty much explore any sound you want. Yeah, totally. Yeah. As long as the stylistic shift isn't too jarring. Yeah, yeah, and it might be a little jarring. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I it, it, for me, it I found it was pretty seamless. So. Nice, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah, good to know. What excites you most about being able to share this LP with your fans? Um, man, people are just so supportive, and I think the most special thing about releasing songs is having people say that it means something to them. And when I got my first message of somebody saying like, oh, alone at the party, just really help me during the pandemic. Like that just means the world to me. It's so crazy that you can connect in music that way. And something that you wrote at a certain time that meant something to you can just be so comforting for someone else. So yeah, I'm just really, um, yeah, really excited for people to hear these songs and and hoping that they connect with them and feel understood in some way. I just had a question enter my head that I was actually kind of meaning to ask when I was talking about the different stylistic elements that play on the record. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in specific you were listening to uh, while working on the on the album that might have helped mm. point you in certain directions? I think Wise Blood, like I said before, was a huge... Um, yeah, I was listening to them a lot. Also, Jessica Pratt, I was listening to her a lot. And, and Mazzy Star. And I think all of them have very, like, storytelling lyrics, which I really like. And, but yet also some of them are, like, extremely vague. And I find that our, our songs are either, like, very blunt and obvious or, like, extremely vague. So I think, yeah, it's kind of nice to do a bit of both of those yeah it's good to have a have a balance of that yeah yeah or sometimes like oh i know this is specifically about something that this mm-hmm. person's going through but otherwise it's just like yeah i can relate to that because it's yeah 
broad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The band has had the opportunity to share bills with Peach Pit, which makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense, Yukon uh, Blonde, and Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. Yeah. What is the most memorable show you've played to date? Yeah. Um, there are two shows that come to mind. Our very first show, which was uh, actually at the Eastside Fleet opening party. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to the fleet. It's like down on Malkin Street, and they host these big parties, and they asked us to play our first show there and we ended up playing for like 500 people. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Holy. It set the bar way too high for where <laughs> we were at. Um, but it was just the best night. It was so fun and so inspiring to finally play a show. And actually Adam Fink ended up drumming for that because oh, nice. we didn't have a drummer at the time. Well, yeah. There you go. You got to bring in a yeah. DJ member. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have all these musicians at your fingertips. Um, you, have so the best, you have the best pick of drummers. With I Adam know. And with, with Mikey Jess. from and, and yeah, Jess. Yeah, and Jess yeah. now too. Yeah, and the thing is, well, I guess Mikey doesn't play in any other bands, but um, when I need him, I know he's there for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Adam plays in so many bands and Jess plays in a few bands now too. So yeah, drummers often are spread, spread out in a lot of projects. I didn't know that the Eastside Flea was so bumping when it was opening. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a really fun night. Um, but yeah, the other show would be the Malcolm Bull show. It's just so incredible to be able to be given that opportunity to play with Peach Pit and Sam Tudor, who's like one of my favorite artists yep, in Vancouver. Had, had him on the show. <laughs> oh my gosh, he is just incredible. I want to have him on the show again so we can meet yeah. him in person because that was a, that oh, was a really? quarantine episode. Yeah. Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah. So only talk yeah. to him over, over Zoom, but. Oh, yeah. Gotta have him in yeah. again. Yeah. He's always like bouncing around mm-hmm. Canada. So it's when you get him in the city, you gotta have him on. Yeah. The, uh, his last two records that he's put out have just been so good. Oh, especially my Especially the last yeah. one. Yeah. The one, yeah. During the pandemic, the whole virtual release yeah. that he did was so, one of the coolest releases I've seen. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened without the pandemic. So. That was the other thing. And I always was asking people about that it's like mm-hmm. how are you you know what avenues are you exploring to promote your music and yeah. can't play shows right now yeah, yeah. totally because i found that uh the stuff that interests me the most was anything that was beyond just doing the live stream thing mm-hmm. yeah it's funny how like interest in that's it. completely evaporated yes nope like, no, no. <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm so are, glad about <laughs> yeah i mean live streams are still fine if you want to do like q a's and stuff yeah I think there's value in that for yeah artists, but for sure just the moment when you're done a song and there's no <laughs> clapping. Yeah. I remember Peach Pit playing their first ever Commodore show over Zoom or uh, streaming and they finished their set and I guess there was like the chat going, the online chat, and everyone was yelling encore like <laughs> like crazy. I've never seen that many All encores caps. pop up on the screen. It was like fully flooded and they just had no idea and like weren't able to see it because there was no connection to seeing the chat and so they're just like awkwardly walked off stage (laughs) it's almost like like, that's so sad (laughs) thankfully bands don't have to deal with that uh anymore but it's almost like if you were doing that that you'd want to pipe in your own like crowd yeah crowd noise like but yeah when they were running sports games and no people in the crowd (laughs) exactly yeah just have people peep in what does uh, Babe Corner have coming up this year to promote Crybaby? Yeah. Uh, well, we have our album release party coming up uh, March 25th at the Cobalt. 
And then we're playing a Victoria show the night before on the 24th as well. And yeah, honestly, don't have too many plans. Hopefully setting up a tour at the end of the year or early next year, getting some visas and doing some states tours and festivals. But nice. we're kind of late to the game this year and, and booking those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, in a group right now. And we're trying to uh, uh, do our first proper tour of BC Alberta. Nice. Just going to be like a small like thing in two weeks in July. Yeah. You booking it yourself? Yeah. Nice. It's a <laughs> yeah, lot of work. It is. Yeah. Got three dates down so far. It's probably going nice. to only be eight dates, but... Nice. That's yeah. great, though. I hope everything goes well with the visas as well. I, I know. know. I've heard, unfortunately, some rough rumors that they might be increasing costs. I know. By like 200% or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I really hope that doesn't happen. It's already hard enough touring in the States, especially, and barely making any money. So having to take that hit, really tough. Yeah. There's there's part of me that's hoping that this means that more European artists will be more inclined to tour mm-hmm. Canada more aggressively yeah. because it'll be less expensive for them. Yeah, true. I'm sure. And th- us touring Europe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I've even been thinking about that. It's just like, oh, I know. I'm almost like, I'd rather tour Europe first before yeah. bothering with the States. But yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Or somewhere like Japan or China. Yeah, or even Mexico. Yeah. Mexico's right there. Totally. Yeah. yeah. They love their music. They have some good festivals down there as well. Do they? Yeah. Nice. You've worked with Lester Lyons Hookham, who's probably the biggest local music video director mm-hmm. in the scene, yeah. uh, on a number of clips. Uh, which is your favorite video that you've made with him to date? Uh, it would be between Cigarette and They Don't Love You. Um, our recent video, They Don't Love You, was really special. And yeah, it was just pretty last minute, was done all in one day, and the process of kind of thinking about how it's all going to work together was within the same day as well. It was um, a lot of collaboration between every band member to try to make that happen. And yeah, it just, it we ended up with something really special and I really love that video. And uh, the cigarette video was the first music video we ever did and it was shot in Kamloops and was like the hardest day of our lives because it was on like August 16th, which is the hottest day of summer. And <laughs> we almost died. We almost got heat stroke and... It was pretty brutal. We left at like 3 a.m. to drive to Kamloops and got home at 2 a.m. Yeah, it was so dangerous. Like I regret it so much because I feel like we put every band member in danger driving that late at night. It was crazy, but it ended up being a really cool uh, result. It was all shot on black and white film and Lester had one film roll, which was oh, wow. 13 was minutes. Black and white. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, you can filter stuff. Now yeah. Days, so yeah, it was like legit black and white film, no editing. And yeah, it was a 13 minute clip. So we only had like one or two takes of each thing in order to make this no happen. <laughs> yeah. So on top of the heat <laughs> and the pressure of getting the take right, it kind of came together in a magical way. So You're the second guest we've had on the show who has had uh, a crazy Okanagan video shoot. Oh, really? Who was the other? Um, Madison. Madison. Yeah. Oh, she's, nice. uh, she's a cram- uh She's from Cranbrook, but she plays here quite frequently. Madison? Yeah, is Madison. That, is that, okay. Yeah. Is that her name or is that the music project? That, Madison. It's, I think it's just a take on her first yeah, name. Yeah, cool. Love yeah. that. Yeah. 
uh, any encounters with wildlife during that shoot or was it just no luckily we were worried about snakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the sun yeah, yeah it was our was biggest that last, enemy that, was that la- no that would have no, been a couple was, summers ago yeah that was uh 2019 yeah because we released cigarette in 2020 yeah august 2019 yeah 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 <laughs> What uh, local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? I realize I've kind of gone through most of my questions pretty quick here. Nice. Um, Yeah, Haley Blay, you have already had her on. Oh, that was a while ago, though. Yeah. I was like, we were still at uh, Save on Meats. Oh, no no way. Nice. You had a studio back in there? Yeah, they. It was a cool setup. They had a uh, fr- the front part of the restaurant. They converted into like a, a recording radio booth oh. area. Oh, cool! So they had a li- They had like an online radio show. Oh, in the I remember building. seeing that. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a that's a fun yeah. spot. And we featured Haley on the uh, Snug Concert series. Nice as well. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she has a new f- album coming out. Oh, okay. I kind of yeah. figured as such because it's been she's been a dropping bit. some singles. Mm-hmm. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, also do Hickey Cubicle, got a shout out, all my band members' bands. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> <Kinda list. figured. laughs> Um, yeah, who else locally? Um, uh, Dawson Ghoul. I don't know if you know Dawson. No, not familiar. His stuff is incredible. He has really beautiful music. Um, and he just released an EP. So he would be really great to, he actually is my new upstairs neighbor now. Nice. He just moved into our house. Uh, he's Jess, Jess's partner who plays drums in our band. Yeah, so his stuff is really great. I would definitely bring him on. Uh, Troll Dolly. I've been hearing things about Troll Dolly. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I haven't met her yet, but she plays in so many of my friends' bands. So I really want to... Apparently she played last night at Redgate, I think, and I just saw on Instagram today and I was bummed. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> so I would have liked to go to that show. Yeah. Um, also Maunders. Um, Alex Maunders, he's, uh, plays in a band called Cartoon Lizard and he also plays bass in Haley's Lizard band. Great. I love that yeah, band. Yeah, such a good band. They don't get out here that often though. No, no. They, yeah, they often just play shows in Victoria. Um, but they are such a cool band. They have so many band members that, and they all write their own song. They all write songs. And so there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yep. which I think creates like a lot of different dynamics in their songs. King Gizzard thing going on yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so Alex kind of just started his own project recently. And uh, he's actually opening in Victoria for our show. Nice. Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess I'll name drop one, uh, an artist that's uh, playing with you for your Vancouver release show. It's also from Victoria that we should probably have on the show, Pastel Blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah their record so last cool. year was really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I saw them open for Fleece at the Biltmore recently. And yeah, my friend Connor Head is in that band. He plays in a bunch of bands and records and has his own uh, recording studio in Victoria as well. And yeah, it was such a fun live show. It was like, I have to have these guys open for album release because I don't think they've played too many shows in Vancouver. So yeah, their vibe is really cool. Very talking heads, very upbeat, fun mm-hmm. music. Love to have the opportunity to talk to the guys in, in Peach Pit. Yeah, you know, for little, sure. Oh, we might be a little too small fry for them at this no, point. No, <laughs> no, they'll be down. Okay. We'll <laughs> yeah, we lived, at- like Chris and I lived just up the street too. It's oh, so okay, easy. cool. Yeah. yeah. Even if I had just to kind of do it a, 
what Justice did and just have an opportunity to speak with Chris. Yeah. But I'd love to sure. like have a couple guys on the, on the yeah. show. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. I think Neil and Chris like to do interviews together. Yeah. So. Yeah. That'd be great. Cause yeah. I know every, everyone seems to be looking up to, to Peach Pit because yeah. Peach Pit are just they're doing just everything incredible. right. Yeah. Yeah. They're really doing everything right. And they work so hard. So, so hard. They're writing right now in the studio, or they're in their new jam space. So they're writing a whole new album. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah fourth record coming out soon. Yeah. They're going into the studio in April and kind of have to have an album done in the next couple months, potentially. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. <laughs> well, this is awesome. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. Um, yeah. Looking forward to, well, I've had a chance to listen to the record, but it'll be great yeah. once the record's finally out so everyone can listen to it. And uh, I'll try my best to make it out to. Your sh- oh, wait, it's the 25th? Yeah. I should play a show that night. Shoot. Oh, well, dang. I'm going to encourage my listeners to, <laughs> to check out that show anyways. Yeah, I want to come to your show. Yeah. Well, one of these times it'll work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got some stuff coming up. Nice. So. Cool. All right. We'll call it at that, Will. Sweet. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at pacificsoundradio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. This is They Don't Love You Like I Do. Bye.